0: Welcome to Working for Women, the Independent Women's Forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Sabrina Schaefer, Executive Director of the Independent Women's Forum, and welcome to another great edition of IWF's Working for Women podcast. I'm thrilled to talk to IWF's Managing Director, Carrie Lucas, today about a topic that many of us at IWF are especially interested in, child care. Now, Carrie has five children of her own, so child care is an issue that she thinks about with some frequency, and I have children as well, and so I think that we should have a a very personal and um, policy-strong conversation today. So let's jump right into it. Carrie, I know that there are a lot of working women who have young children and who require two earner households, and so they have to consider different child care arrangements. Um, Before we get into some of the solutions part of our conversation, can you give listeners a lay of the land you know, I, I think there are some misperceptions out there about what kinds of child, percep- child care arrangements people actually use.
1: Yeah, you know, Sabrina, it really is. It's a, it's this is such an interesting and personal conversation, and I think when you you're right when we have like when we hear about it from a public policy um, standpoint, um, people may be under the impression that. Um, that everybody uses paid child care and particularly paid child care centers. when actually it's a a really a relatively um, small fraction of kids. about um, a quarter of kids who are under age five um, are in um, kind of those those formal child care centers, which I feel like are the kind of the centerpiece of um, of policy conversations and the focus of so much of the um, the solutions that are presented by the left. But really, parents um, are often trying to keep. Um, a parent at home or another family member at home to care for kids, especially when their kids are young or they use more informal arrangements, um, such as, um, uh, you know, a babysitter down the street or another mom, um, sometimes for pay, sometimes for not. Um, and so it is it's a very varied um, kind of solutions that we have. And that's really important to keep in mind as we think about public policies um, to help um, ease the burden on parents.
0: That's so interesting, and it does go against what we sort of perceive of, you know, the working mom putting her child in daycare, and that's the end of the story, but it's really not like that, and especially probably because so many women don't have traditional work arrangements either. They might be piecing together different things that allow them to, to need sort of part-time care. Um, so what do you think the biggest challenge working parents face? Is it a shortage of options? Is it that childcare has become too expensive? Obviously, cost is something that we all talk about in our household.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's another, I think that there's also this, um, a, per, a misperception that everyone is really unhappy with their child care arrangement. When actually surveys suggest that, um, that people, um, generally feel like they have a good situation, um, and which makes costs. Everybody, of course, wishes that we, things weren't quite as so expensive across the board. And I do think, you know, it's certainly, um, uh, child care and, and paid um, uh, daycare can be incredibly expensive um, in some places. And it's varies by states, but it, um, in some places it, it costs more than the um, the uh, local public university, which is kind of jarring at first. But I think that um, that it's also important to keep in mind um, why child care is expensive. As you said, you know, Sabrina, you and I know from from experience that um, it takes a lot of work to care for a kid, especially yeah. um, a baby. <laughs> um, so when you hear numbers where it costs you a thousand dollars a month to care for um, a baby or to put a baby into daycare, you know, at first that sounds like a a lot and it certainly is a major expense. But when you think about it from the provider's side, you know, if if you or I, if somebody was going to ask, um, you know, hire one of us to to pay for, to take care of a baby, we we would know from experience that, you know, taking care of an infant, um, or a one-year-old, it, that's a big job that can, you, uh, that takes, you know, there's only so many babies or infants you can take care of and should be a child care workers need to be paid. They should be paid fairly. Um, so, um, you know, yes, we want to make, um, make child care more affordable as possible. Um, but it's you know it's never going to be cheap and nor should it be because it's a really important job and it requires a lot of of um sk- of skills patience um, knowledge and and time so um, so yeah so you know we want to solve this problem but in some ways you know we have to be realistic about um, about what the options are.
0: And certainly at the Independent Women's Forum, and we're thinking about both sides—the the working mothers' concerns—but also most childcare providers are also women, and so we want to make sure that those women are being paid fairly, as you mentioned, and that they are in—they um, are in um, facilities that are clean, and that you know that these are Absolutely. sort of good childcare arrangements. Um, obviously, this is an election year, and this is an issue that has come up already before the debates have started. Um, some in Washington are suggesting that we should be doing more to help working parents. Um, we obviously think that there is something that Washington, Washington can do. Um, but can you lay out sort of what the different approaches are, how um, maybe progressives and conservatives are looking at this challenge?
1: yeah you know and it's um, it's interesting, so um Hillary Clinton has taken what you would kind of consider the um the standard approach um from the Democrats perspective, and that's to focus. On, um, on subsidizing, um, the use of paid daycare, particularly these large daycare, like formal daycare facilities. Um, and then, um, interestingly, so, um, she wants to make those more affordable and to cap how much any family would have to spend on childcare based on a percentage of income, which is kind of, you know, the details of it are still a little fuzzy. She hasn't explained exactly how this would work or how you would prove your income and, um, um, and you know when you would pay for this and get reimbursed whether it's a tax event or or how that would how that would work um, but then on the other side, she says she wants to increase um, how much um, child care workers are paid so basically raise the minimum wage, which would of course push in the other direction and making um, making childcare more expensive uh, presumably those costs would end up being passed on to taxpayers um but you know, the details remain to be seen, but at the end of the day, the bottom line is that this is a focus on a government setting the price for child care and taxpayers picking up the bill and really focusing that support on, pa- on parents who use paid child care, particularly former paid child care, um, daycare centers.
0: You know, before we even get into the the issue of how sort of conservatives are responding and what perhaps a more liberty-minded approach might be, I had a conversation just this week with some women who don't have children. And very often it seems as though all of those families out there who don't have children or maybe whose children are grown are sort of left out of the conversation. Because when we talk about this sort of new tax burden being put on all Americans, of course, we want to all... Care for our for our next generation, but it really does um, disproportionately impact some at the expense of others. Am I correct?
1: Absolutely. You know, and it's it's interesting. I think that is kind of a. Um, we, when, when we talk about women's issues um, and this focus on, on providing support for, for moms um, and working parents, um, you're, you're absolutely right that it's in some ways these childless women. Remember, and some of them are, are, are childless women who aren't childless by choice. They either um, weren't able to have kids, never found the right um, partner. Um, so, you know, I think there must be a frustration when we can, when we continuously think about adding more benefits. Whether that's um, maternity leave benefits, taking paid time off for, to care for kids, or childcare subsidies, absolutely, there has to be some frustration, frustration with that, um, and it's important to keep their interests in mind and make sure that the system's fair to everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think a better way, and, and something that IWF has been promoting through our new report, "Working for Women: A Modern Agenda for Working Women," is how we can address the issue of childcare through um, tax credits and consolidating. Spending on children. Um, could you explain that a little bit more for our listeners so that they you know, that there is another yeah. side to this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. you know I think when we well, the thing that, that I um, that I feel like as we try to focus on how best to help parents while still being fair to um, to um, the different choices that people make, the best way to do that is to focus on on making life more affordable, whether you um, use paid child care or whether you make significant sacrifices to keep a parent at home. Um, you, we've talked about, and, and in our report we talk about, trying to give parents substantially increasing the amount of child care tax credit that one gets. This would mean that people with Without a tax burden, would um, end up receiving money back. So, um, so if you have a low income, you'd have more money in your pocket. And same for those with with um, with higher incomes, you'd still be able to take more. And uh, you know, I think that's I think it's fair. You know, we make kids are a big investment. They're important not just for individual families, um, but for society in in general. So that's one way to to help parents across the board. And as we look at the spending that parents um, or that our government is making on behalf of children, there are places where it makes so much more sense to um, to stop kind of growing the the bureaucracy and instead consolidating that and saying, okay, instead of that, we don't we don't know if that's how you should do this. We don't know what situation you have if you have a. A, a nice aunt who would be able to, um, to care for your kids or that you would be able to take a part-time job instead and stay home with your child. We're going to try to make it easier for whatever choice you make by giving you um, more money in your pocket to, to make those decisions for your, for your family.
0: Yeah, and I think that's great because one of the big things that we don't want Washington to do is to bias people toward one kind of childcare arrangement over another. As you mentioned, if if you live close to family and you have somebody who's able to help care for your children, that would be fantastic, right? But not all families have that option. Um but it seems like right now the, the when we subsidize a particular kind of childcare and namely daycare, um, that's not always without its own problems, right? There's some challenges with that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I wrote a, a piece recently that looked at um, at some of the research on daycare's impact on on kids, and it raised a few alarm bells. And I'm somebody, as you know, I've used you know I've, my children, my 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 youngest children have been in paid daycare at different times. Um, so you know, I understand that that many people on daycare providers or a formal daycare center is the best option for them. But it's important that we that we're aware of some of this research and that we don't. Make a giant leap and kind of push um, our people to make that choice. Um, over another choice, you know, I think a lot of people intuitively think that kids are best cared for by someone who loves them. Um, but when, you know, if, if all of a sudden daycare became a, a totally free, those stay at home moms or those grandparents are or, or stepping up and helping care for, for babies. Um, you, they would all of a sudden say, oh, okay, you know, you can get a free, you can just drop them off down the street for nothing. Well, then I guess I won't bother. You know, I'll go do something else with my time. Um, and that's right. really a, you know, I think that's, that's, a, it would be an unfortunate outcome.
0: And I think, I mean, I don't know if all of our listeners know this, but but Carrie spent eight years with her family living in Europe, um, and that is a place where they subsidize child care, am I correct?
1: Absolutely. They heavily subsidize it. And that's one why, one reason why I, end, I ended up making that choice, um, because it did become, it was very inexpensive for the user. Um, there's kind of a norm where everybody ends up using, um, child care for kids starting at about, about one. And so there was kind of a, a societal expectation and pressure, um, to use it, which, you know, it's, it's just one of those, you can really, these public policies do have an impact. I should mention that's why you know, I was very encouraged. Um, that, you know, I didn't know how um, Donald Trump would come out on this issue, but he did come out recently with his um, plan, and it focused on making child care expenses tax tax deductible, um, both for child care um, people who are using daycare, but then he also um, described wanting to make it so that families who are keeping a parent home also receive. Um, support and a tax break, and I do think this is that's really the, a positive direction because that focuses on returning resources to parents rather than growing government. And I really think that's the best way we can help families.
0: And will that carry help a tax deduction? Will that help women across the board, no matter your income level? Yes um, well
1: uh, um, it, 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 we don't know exactly how mr. Trump would um would structure this if it's a tax deduction then and you uh, and you it doesn't apply against payroll taxes then it wouldn't ultimately help those with And without a positive income tax liability, but I believe that he's indicated that they would, that he would make sure that that tax, tax deduction applied against payroll taxes, um, which the vast majority of workers do pay, they have to pay, um, so that it would help those with, with lower incomes. And that would, um, would mean that parents that we really want to help, I hope, I hope that's the direction he goes, because I think these are the parents that, um, you know, who are doing their best, working hard, and could, to deserve a, you know, need, need to break the most. So that would be, that would help low income parents as well.
0: Well, Carrie, I think we could talk about this all day. I mean, there are, it sounds like we are moving in a positive direction and we can come up with some good solutions. Um, the fact is I have a bunch of kids who are waiting for me on breakfast. I can hear them downstairs, so <laughs> we will have to continue the conversation later. But there is plenty for us to continue talking about and plenty for our listeners to come to the IWF website to learn more about all of these issues and the issues related to, to women working um, outside of the home in general and some of the policies that we advance To help those families. So thank you for taking the time to join me today. And to our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this Working for Women podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to learn more about the Independent Women's Forum or listen to more podcasts like this one, visit IWF.org. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.